2: Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk, a Things You Thought You Knew edition. Chuck, is that your favorite format? It's no. Explainers are my favorite, but things—things things you thought you knew—is my second favorite because I am aware, thanks to working with you for almost twelve years that I don't know jack crap. <laughs> I don't know. That is what I have learned well, so, And so all TV this for- time we have spent together <laughs> is that I don't... I used to think... I thought at one point I knew something. I thought I knew something. And then... The universe sent a man named Neil deGrasse Tyson <laughs> into my life. And then the universe said, boy, you don't know shit. <laughs> you don't know shit no, about no. even. No. You don't know nothing, dude. Okay, so Things You Thought You, you know. Knew is like a superset of explainers. Yes. Okay, you ready? Go uh-huh. ahead. First one is going to be rainbow. Okay, that, that sounds all, delightful. Nobody doesn't love rainbows. That's right. Okay? Sounds <laughs> delightful. I love it. Okay, nobody doesn't love rainbows. Okay, I, I have a quick rainbow story. ready? I knew a, a couple. They were dating, and the guy was a little high-strung, and and she was sort of like normal, right? Okay. And she pointed, we were driving. I happened to be in the car with them, and there was a beautiful rainbow out the window. And, I, and, and the, the guy was speaking about something else. And I said, oh, look at the rainbow. And she said, oh, that's a beautiful rainbow. And he says, no, shut up. I'm talking about something else. Oh. And I said, what? Who doesn't like rainbows? And she turned to him, and and two months later they broke up. Yeah. So, well, I don't know if the, he he the, didn't the, know the, it, the, but they were already broken up. <laughs> Chuck has seen some therapists. He knows the signs. That's it, buddy. The, Let me tell <laughs> you. <laughs> so what's right, number so two? Second segment just going to be about zero. All right. The num- the number zero. The number what, zero. Yeah, uh, numbers is uh, zero is a number. Just get over it. Okay. Right. Yeah. You never think of zero as a number. Yeah. 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 But it is. Okay. And we need it. It turns out for most of what we do in mathematics. Gotcha. So there's that. And the third one is: What do Zoom calls and Einstein's theory of relativity have in common? All right. You've gone too far, Neil. I know. <laughs> I stepped off the you ledge. Just, seriously, bro. <laughs> You are over the cliff. That's it. (laughs) That's give it a chance. Oh my God. (laughs) Let me me try. (laughs) I don't know how you gonna pull that rabbit out your hat. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Let's get to our first one in this first segment. So, Chuck, we're gonna talk about rainbows. My eight year old daughter loves rainbows. Okay. Well, make sure she listens to this. All right. So that's cool. Yeah. So it was not until Isaac Newton, my man that's your boy. Oh, man. Okay. Early 1700s. He wrote a book in was 1704. It was just called Optics. Okay. One of the rare books that he actually wrote in English. All his other books were in Latin, which was the the Well, the, the he really was a nerd. <laughs> okay. But in there he figured something out. Okay. Everyone, of course, had known about the colors of the rainbow, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, violet, okay? And people have seen, you know, chandelier, light will come through the chandelier and you'd see rainbow colors come out one side or another. Everybody, until Newton, presumed that those colors were somehow getting generated inside the chandelier glass. Okay. Or inside the raindrop. Right. That it was some property of the medium itself. Nobody was thinking that pure white light is composed of those colors. Oh, if only we could learn that lesson in our society. Uh. <laughs> Chuck getting all sociological. Chuck getting all. (laughs) So imagine if Martin Luther King were more physics fluent. Right. It would have been a whole different I have a dream speech. Yeah, it would. I have a dream that one day we will recognize that white, black, red, or brown, we're all white. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. Everybody would have tipped their head and said, What? It's, what? We I may not get there with you. <laughs> I may not get there with you, but we'll all be white one day. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So here, here's how he did it. Okay, so he puts the white light through a prism. Okay. And out the other side comes the colors of the rainbow. Much as what we all remember from Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon album cover. One of the best ever. All right. So he then, and this is what makes Newton Newton. He said, let me take another prism and put it upside down next to it. Ooh. Okay. And this would kind of reverse what had just happened. And when he did that out, the second prism came white light. Okay, how did I not hear? And all the time we've been working together, this is the first time I've ever heard this story. Yes. This is brilliant. Yes. Because in doing so, he proves that it has nothing to do with the actual medium itself, that the light coming in was merely separated, and then by coming out, and going back into another medium, it combines, it's the light. It, it's just the light. That's why he is Isaac Newton and the rest of us aren't. Wow. It's that simple. That is brilliant. And it's simple and brilliant. Yes, yeah, exactly. If that's what makes it extra brilliant is how simple it is. Okay. So, so at that point, it's easy to sort of extrapolate that a rainbow is just sunlight broken up into those same colors that the prism did for you. Right. Okay. So now, what's going on inside a raindrop? So sunlight enters the raindrop at a particular angle, all right? Actually, it comes in at all angles, but only one of those angles will internally reflect off the boundary between the raindrop and the air, Okay, this is, this is the, one of the most fascinating features of optics. Okay. In other words, if I'm underwater and I, let's say, I have a laser, so we get a nice sharp point, and I point it upwards, not straight up, but at an angle, at a slight angle, when that laser beam exits into the air, it bends. Okay? It's bent. Yeah. Right. It's okay. bent. Okay, right. you can picture this. You, yes. You can try it yourself if you have a pocket laser. Okay. So... It's easy then to expect that a similar thing is happening between sunlight and raindrops that was happening between your sunlight and your prism. Okay. (laughs) But the fun part is the sunlight goes inside the raindrop and bounces around a couple of times before it exits again. And by the time it exits, all of those colors have been separated out from the white light. And thus you have this participatory rainbow where all of these dots of uh, all these droplets of water participate in one coherent rainbow. Now the 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 angle the light exits creates a rainbow that you see okay right okay right you, you only see what enters your eye. you can't see what right. doesn't enter your eye correct right that makes right. sense makes sense okay. By the way, that itself was a discovery from a 1,000 years ago. Uh, Ibn al-Haytham was a a Muslim uh, scientist back in the the golden age of Islam. Uh He was the first to deduce that sight is not you beaming stuff out of your eyes. It's completely passive. Your eyeballs are just sitting there waiting for light to enter and for your brain to then make an image. This is profound. Because yeah. before then, you had these legends like 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 uh, Medusa. Yeah. All right. Uh, how does Medusa work? How does that work? Well, when you look her in the eyes, she turns you to stone, basically. She turns you right into stone. Because she's casting whatever from her eyes. From her eyes, correct. Tu- right. You could only think that if you have no idea how vision works. Right. Or, that- or if you're creating X-Men, but that's a different story. <laughs> oh, he's got, yeah, he's got his yeah. little visor thing right. that can... Send out the beams. So what that means is all of the rainbow light that's coming to you is exiting those raindrops at the precise angle that enters your eyeballs. Okay? Okay. That means your rainbow is unique to you. Wow. Oh. When if I stand to your left or right or above, doesn't matter. If I stand somewhere else and we're looking at quote the same rainbow, we tell ourselves, we're not. And we are each looking at our own private rainbow. Oh my God, my own private rainbow. <laughs> now watch, if you keep if you keep moving to the side, right. they, you'll reach a point where they do not see the rainbow because there's no rainbow light coming to them. Right. So Chuck, this you know what this fact means? I do not. Every rainbow you have ever seen has been exactly face on to you. Aha. Uh-huh. And so I am every rainbow actually was made just for me. Just for you. You have never witnessed a rainbow at an angle. Angle. Right. So think about that, because if your rainbow was a real thing in the sky, I could move to another location and look at it from a different angle. Right. If it was an like, actual thing that like was Like anything else, right? A, like a mountain, a tree, a or mountain, whatever. Like anything else. Okay. Right. So if you wanted to go to the base of the rainbow, you can't. Ah. Because that would be taking a different angle of view on a thing that does not really exist as a physical entity. And and now you have just explained how I have wasted a significant portion of my life trying to find that pot of gold. <laughs> yeah. I- if you're going to hide a pot of gold, <laughs> put it at the bottom of a rainbow. Nobody will ever find it. Nobody's <laughs> ever <Exactly. laughs> ever. Yeah. So, uh, so just a, a little known fact. Now, the light that's inside the raindrop. This is like inside baseball here. You ready for this? This is like go ahead. This is for this is this is Rainbow 201, not 101. So, the light inside the raindrop Right. sends out not only one rainbow but multiple rainbows but each next one is a little weaker than the previous one okay okay uh, okay and because the second rainbow that comes out had an extra f- extra reflection to it if you ever see a double rainbow ooh it means that you you're tripping on mushrooms oh no if you see a oh rainbow. Double no, rainbow. No, Chuck, it's just physics. <laughs> well, yeah. Sometimes it's actually Sometimes, just physics, not, not the, the mushrooms much, yeah. okay, you've been gotcha. consuming. But go ahead. The double so, rainbow. So with that, the two properties of that second rainbow is one, it's much dimmer than the first. Gotcha. It's always there, but generally it's very hard to detect because it's so dim. So it's much dimmer, and the sequence of colors is reversed. Oh no. From the original. That's okay. That is first of all, that's dope. Secondly, who knew? So the double rainbow is kind of like the reverse rainbow. It's, a, it's, a, it's an inverted rainbow to the first rainbow, and it's dimmer. There's actually a third, and fourth, and fifth. The, the, they're called the orders of the rainbow. First order, second order, third order. But right. they, they're so dim, and if, it, if the sky is bright, you just will never see them. So, And there's a famous YouTube video some years back uh, I think they just call it the Double Rainbow guy. He's hiking. Yeah, that's what mountains. I'm saying. He's tripping on mushrooms. Oh. That guy <laughs> and he sees two rainbows, and he and he falls prostrate to the ground, uh, and oh. and said, so "There is a God." And oh, it's double rainbow, so rainbow, beautiful. So rainbow. Beautiful. and that's how you behave if you don't know physics, right? Right. It's just physics, really. That's really. all it is. That's it's the, just yeah. physics. Yeah. You know, r- once again, Neil, way to ruin rainbows. No, <laughs> <laughs> just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to reserve your sense of wonder for things for which we still do not understand. Ah. And not apply it for things that are completely understood. Uh, you know, there will always that- be a moving frontier of science. Where our area of knowledge grows, so too does the perimeter of our ignorance, leaving us with no end of this universe to stand in wonder as we gaze. Wow. Okay. Thank and you, people. That's the show. Nothing. <laughs> Ain't nothing left to say. Nothing left to say. That's it. That's it. <laughs> so, Chuck, we gotta take a break. When we come okay. back, we'll do a little bit more of this. We'll find some other subject if you're game. Sounds great. Let's do it. Okay, Star Talk. Stuff you thought you knew. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any
0: you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay, when the truth is,
1: I don't want my problems to burden anyone.
0: Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Hey, I'm Roy Hill Percival. And I support Star Talk on Patreon. Bringing the universe down to Earth, this is Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson.
2: We're back, Jeff. Yeah. Things you thought you knew. You ready for another one? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's go there. And by the way, I picked these based on how familiar we think we are about the subject and then throw in some things that you never knew. Which is why they work. I mean, if we were just going to talk about like gravitational waves, of course we know we don't know, none, you know what I mean? Like, who's an astrophysicist? There's like, what, 20 of you? You know what I mean? There's, you know, like seven of you sitting around, you know, yeah, just, yeah so this is not just, let me explain stuff that you can get on right. a wiki page. It's like, no, just you know, cool, fun stuff you never thought. No, that- it's the twist. The twist that mm-hmm. gets you, man. Okay. Like, the inverted rainbow. Who knew that? The yeah. orders of rainbow. Who knew that? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I mean, that's stuff that you honestly. But everybody knows rainbows. So yeah, you're right. Well, it's I like the twist. It's the twist that gets you. So today, so anyway, for this segment, we're going to talk about zero. All right, here we go again. <laughs> okay, now I'm gonna be honest. It's it's this is a t- this going to be tough for you, man. Okay. Come on. Seriously. Are you ready? We'll All right, here we go. Zero. Okay. So zero is a number, but it wasn't always a number. In fact, no one ever imagined it could be a number. In fact, no one even imagined how to imagine it. Okay. Why would you? Right. What were numbers for? Right. Who counts nothing? Right. <laughs> numbers are for counting. Right. Okay, how many chickens do you have? Three. Three. How many cattle do you have? You count things. So nobody had any use to count zero. It just was not there. For most of civilization, this was the case. Right. Even through the Roman Empire. Wow. We think of them as highly civilized, uh, the whole cities and hot baths and armies and if that, Equipers aqueducts and, and aqueducts, right? And they were, they're so sophisticated, their numbers were letters. <laughs> <It's easy. laughs> so, Roman Empire, they can count. They used Roman numerals, right? We learn Roman numerals in elementary school, don't we? Still, I think, right? And the reason why we learn Roman numerals is so that we know how to count. Super Bowl games <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of the only application left, no one right? more one other for some movie sequels true true that's it true yeah. that's it I don't, I don't know any other application okay yeah oh I know also lowercase Roman numerals are the page numbers in books before you get to the actual uh chapters of the book okay yeah that's Look, true Look at the bottom of the pages. Those are usually Roman numerals. And then they restart from, from, from one at the beginning. page one. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know if you've ever thought about this, Chuck. Uh-huh. You can't write zero with Roman numerals. No, you can't. Right. There is no symbol for zero. It's not because they didn't come up with it. It's that the concept of zero was not yet invented. Wow. So when they made the Julian calendar, that's the one that has a leap day every four years and because they knew enough to know that the calendar needed it, that calendar, the Julian calendar, which anchored its starter date on the birth of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this obviously came later after Constantine. I, I think Constantine brought Christianity to the Roman Empire so that they stopped feeding the Christians to the lions. That all turned around, right? Yeah. So- it's a Very bad development for the lions. Chuck. They were like, "Damn, we, you know, we we like that." Chuck, I know. Don't write people. Okay. <laughs> so, so in the Julian calendar, they went from one BC. BC, of course, stands for before Christ. Before Christ to AD one, and AD is in Latin anno Domini, the year of our Lord one, and there was no year zero in that transition. So. So when would Jesus have been born all right and you know in the mythical year between the two, he can't be born in a d one because that's after and he can't right. be born in BC because that's before so when was so there's a this was an issue oh I got the answer what? it's a miracle <laughs> okay <was> a good <laughs> <answer>. <laughs> well, later biblical research would show that Jesus was probably born closer to three or four BC. And so but the calendar was already in place. Right. So you're stuck with that. There's a mismatch right. there. Three or yeah. four year Man, mismatch. We gotta play this hand. We gotta play this hand, bro. We've gotta play it. Okay. So now move time forward. Going um is in the six hundreds, seven hundreds, I forgot exactly when. Uh in India, there were great advances in mathematics there, where they even developed the numerals, early versions of the numerals we now use. Okay. Rather than Roman numerals. Okay. Right? Roman numerals were letters. These are now sort of symbolic shapes mm. that would then represent the numbers. And in this effort were, was the hint that maybe you might want a zero in there. Okay. Okay. So we're crawling now before we can walk, but but the seeds are planted. This these new mathematics worked their way to the Middle East, okay, and Baghdad specifically, a big trading post, and there it was. Ideas were put across the table. That, this is the Golden Age of Islam. All right, where major advances were made in all in, in engineering and astronomy and biology, physiology and. And, and vision, that's where the discovery that uh, in, in vision is a passive phenomenon, not active. And so all of this is going on, and then the zero was perfected. Oh. The zero is perfected, and they call those numerals Hindu numerals. Okay. But we today call those numerals Arabic numerals. Right, yeah. Okay. So this is the full tracking there. Because in the Middle East, an entire algebra rose up. And arithmetic and algebra rose up, invoking zero. Uh, and you have negative numbers. Uh, and so mathematics is off to the races. Algebra right. is one of very common words in English that has its roots in Arabic. Right. A lot of the AL words, uh, AL is, is the in Arabic. Yeah, as I understand it. yeah. yeah. So, uh, So algebra, algorithm right. is another one, alcohol. Uh, these are all traceable to that period. But all I'm trying to say... The Chuck, best of is, which is alcohol. <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> Good going, guys. There, there you go. Way to, no. way to do it. <laughs> so, So I'm just saying zero all... Just consider how late zero came in... Civilization. The Egyptians knew nothing of zero. Right. The But it's there, and and we've got it. And so, so now— So what is this I hear about the Mayans uh, and zero, that they somehow had something to do I with I don't the fully know my Mayan history other than that their calendar was—they uh, really worshipped Venus in the sky. Oh. And so their calendar was sort of Venus-based. Uh, the, the calendar in ancient Egypt was based on the star Sirius— when I mean, I'm talking about the new year when yeah, you start yeah, the yeah, new year, because yeah. that's yeah. completely arbitrary. When you say the here, the new year just began, you know, completely arbitrary. Just pick a date and whatever matters in your culture, call it the beginning of the year. It's not, a, you know, and to this day, when when is the Chinese New Year? It's in like late January, February, right? Right. Everybody's exactly. got a different starter date, and so yeah. that we, the fun. Jewish New Year is another New Year that yeah yeah everybody's got their New Year. Everybody's got their own New Year. Uh, the academic calendar has a New Year. It's it's September first, even though they don't say it. It really is that. You know, all the academic folks come back from summer vacation. Children buy their school supplies. That's in a way a New Year's Day for school. Right? right. So anyway, so that's I just want to just round out what zero it was all about. And by the so way, so the- you know, wait one quick thing. Go ahead. One quick thing. You got a hundred dollars in your bank account, and you go yep. withdraw a hundred dollars from the cash machine, and the bank tells you what? Um, don't do this again, man, because. Uh, <laughs> By the way, you think you have $100, and you don't. <laughs> what you forgot was the electric bill came through yesterday. <laughs> Before you withdrew the 100 Before you, you thought, withdrew this $100. You sound like this has happened to you, Chuck. Right. <laughs> so here's the thing. You you have no money left in the bank, and that's bad. But what's worse is to have negative money yes. in the bank. And so this whole concept of negative numbers arose and made complete sense Once you pass through zero, and now instead of something coming your way, you now owe it. Right. And so the mathematics began to mirror commerce and the needs of civilization as we move forward. Because we're doing much more than just counting things. You know, so this is like the birth of modern accounting. Once you find zero, that's when you're able to actually have, you know, a leisure sheet that shows you minus and pluses and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's one of the few places in the world where it's really good to be in the black. Right. Culturally, <laughs> culturally, apparently, no other way is it good to be in the black except on the, on the accounting sheet. Oh, that's great. So— so now you can go into negatives and this keeps going with math and you find other needs of culture and civilization and science where whole other branches of math have to be developed. And so this just went on and on. And then we got trigonometry, all the stuff that you thought the teacher was just being angry with you, uh, giving you these assignments. These are entire branches of math. The zero started it all where um, it, it, it gives you deeper insights into the operations of nature. Absolutely. Um wow. That's uh that's pretty cool. I mean, all this just from from nothing. And yeah, all, from no- <laughs> all this came from nothing. <laughs> and so in this way, nothing means something. Right. It means something. And, and what's that what's that song from the 80s? Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. You gotta have something if you won't be with me. <laughs> from nothing, eves nothing. I think that's a legit equation. I have to think about that. Zero minus zero. You just can't start dividing, right? Uh, because then you end up dividing by zero, and that's that's illegal. Right. That's a you've broken a law of the universe or something. But <laughs> if you do that too many times, Beetlejuice shows up and it. Implodes, yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, Chuck, I just want to bring you up to speed on zero. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, i got to tell you, I've never been more impressed with nothing. So this is cool. This is very cool. (laughs) So, Chuck, we got to take a break. When we come back, one more stuff you thought you knew. We can fit it in. All right, we'll be right right back.
0: If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is,
1: I don't want my problems to burden anyone.
0: Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.
2: One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car...
1: Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley, in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.
2: Chuck, we're back. Yes. What do we got? Yeah, I got another topic for you. All right. Okay. Uh, what do Zoom calls... And Einstein's theory of relativity haven't come. <laughs> um, no one knows how either of them actually work. <laughs> I'm going to say that's got to be the answer. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good answer. So here you go. You ready? Okay, let's do it. Uh, what we learned, what we affirmed in Einstein's theories of relativity, is that space cannot be thought of just as space, time is a fundamental coordinate right alongside space. Right. So that when you ever want to think about events, phenomena, past, present, future, you have to think of space-time. Right. You can't just think of space or time as separate things. And there's an entire set of equations that fold the two together. That's See, now, that's the, the first part I am so cool with. I, like, literally get it. You know, but when you talk about proving it mathematically, I'm still just flabbergasted. That's how you know it's going to be tight? Yeah, that's of all. course. That's yeah, because it keeps it keeps up. moving. It keeps working. When it when it the keeps math tight. works, it, it keeps works it Yeah, that's cool. Man. It works right. Okay, so um, let us for those who might still be uncomfortable with the space time concept. What you don't know perhaps is that you live that way. There's no other way you. You live. It's so intuitive, you think it's complicated, but it's easy. So if I say to you, Chuck, you ready? Yep. Okay. I'd say, uh, Chuck, uh, let's have lunch tomorrow at noon. I would say, oh, my God, as long as you're paying. <laughs> that is such okay. a wonderful <laughs> offer. Okay. Chuck, it's on me. Let's have lunch tomorrow at noon. What is your next comment back to me? Where? Where where you want to eat? Where? where do you want to eat? Yeah, because the time alone was insufficient. Of course, yeah for for your life and my life to intersect, time is alone will not make that happen. You also have to give a spatial coordinate. Right, is it the diner on the corner of you know Hollywood and Vine? at 12 noon right so you have a space coordinate and time coordinate so that we can both meet right okay Le- leave it to you way, to give me a coordinate where you know i can't get to <laughs> Wait. Wait. So, 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 so watch if you go to the diner at the corner of hollywood and Vaughan, right yesterday and i go there tomorrow we were in the same place we were but, but not at the same time. Okay. Doesn't work. Okay. Let's keep going. You were at the diner yesterday, and I'm at the diner tomorrow. We're both in the same place, but not at the same time. Right. Okay. Which which is what I call Neil's favorite lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck, yeah, you were here yesterday. Good. <laughs> okay, so now watch. So now you're at the diner in the corner, and I'm at... This works with Starbucks. You're in that Starbucks. I'm in a different Starbucks. Okay. We're at the same time, but not at the same place. Right. Okay. So you need to be at the same place and at the same time. Yeah. For anything to happen where you have two things that intersect coordinate right. together. Okay. Okay. All right. So how does this manifest? Let's go in the universe and there's an asteroid headed towards Earth. You could do the Bruce Willis thing and what? Blow it up blow it out of the sky, which takes a lot of wasted energy, or you can deflect it. Mm. Not a good movie. Well, how do you deflect an asteroid? Not a good movie. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) How do you deflect an asteroid? So here it is. If you left it alone, it will collide with Earth, which means it will be in the same place at the same time that Earth is sometime in the future, at some point in the future. Okay? So what I can do is I can speed up the asteroid. Oh, I love that. Which you don't you oh. You speed it up. Yeah. Then it gets to that location in my orbit before I exactly. do. Exactly. So, it's at this we exist at the same time, but we're not in the same place. That's a whole and you whisper. That's a whole other way to look at deflecting an <laughs> asteroid. That's what's going on when you deflect an asteroid. That's awesome. Or you could slow it down. Right. Then we get to that point before it does, we keep moving, and it goes right on by behind us. Oh man, it's the proverbial um, mental uh, uh, exercise that everyone does when they have a car accident. If only I hadn't forgotten my keys. If only I had left a little bit earlier, I would have never had been in that spot ex- at that time ex- for, the, for the drunk driver. Ex- Correct, right? Yeah, it's a mental calculation you do. Right, right, and and it works in simple ways that we don't even talk about, but it's so simple. You cross the street. Five minutes later, a bus drives down the street. You didn't say, "Oh my gosh, I was I was almost hit." (laughs) No, you didn't. You. Oh, you're a bit of a drama queen. You know that, right? <laughs> My God, I was almost hit by a bus. Did you see that? What? No, it came by here five minutes ago. It was just barreling, <laughs> right. just barreling down the street. It like, was in the same I spot was right I was there. in. I there. I could have died. <laughs> <laughs> right, you would not have died. And by the way, in relativity, we call these world lines. World lines. Your world line is where you are in space and time which is always in motion, right Because time as a even if you're sitting there on your butt, right talking- you're moving forward in time. right. Wow. By the way, this affects time machines. all right. So I give you a time machine and you say, okay, you want to go um, uh, into the future? How far do you want to go in the future? Oh, I'm gonna go at least 200 years just to see if we're still here. Okay, but suppose you say, "All right, I don't want to land in the winter. Let me land in the summer." So I'm going to go 200 years in six months. Okay, okay. Let's say because we're recording this, it's cold outside right. right now. So you do that. All right. So you go. We'll go in your time machine. Go 200 years, and then you walk out of the time machine. You will suffocate in the vacuum of space. Mm. Oh, because, because Earth is not just not spinning; in the same place. it's moving while it's spinning. Okay, so you will land in the same spot that Earth was in its orbit, which is a different place than where it is six months from now. Oh, man. Which tells you a time machine can only work if it's a space-time machine. That's right. That's pretty awesome. You want to move to a location in time and and a location location in in space. space. Correct. Right. All right, so... Oh, wow, that is really cool because, yeah. Okay, yeah, so now watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch how this plays out. Right. Are we are we on the same page? No, I don't know. I don't want to move forward uh, until I hear Neil, I'm with you. I am riding this wave with you, buddy. Okay, okay. So, under normal circumstances, I'm in my office three or four days a week. I travel a lot. Um, there are seminars and colloquia. Scientists come through the department and they give talks. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm around, I'm going to attend those talks because they're good. They learn about the latest breaking discoveries made by my colleagues. Okay. So we get we have maybe three or four talks a week in our division at the American Museum of Natural History. I <laughs> used to make maybe one of those a week. All right. However, during COVID, I was making four out of four talks a week. Okay. Why? Because Zoom calls broke the space-time alliance. So that now you only have to be at the same time Time. and you do not have to be at the same place. Interesting. As a result, world lines can split and only conjoin on the time coordinate, rendering the space coordinate irrelevant. Mm. That is why probably more people attending more conferences, seeing more meetings, than ever before, I mean, you can no. no longer use an excuse. Oh, I'm on a on a business trip. I can't come in. Zoom in. <laughs> yeah. We have you on the Zoom call. I know it's an electronic leash, is what it is for most people. And that's how Chuck. You spent how many months? You were filming Brain Games for National Geographic. Yes, you're their new host in their new season. Yet you didn't lose a bit of this schedule. Your background was different because you were recording with us right. via I'm Zoom yeah. through your hotel rooms and other setups. That's right. And so, so we you were still participating because your world line didn't need the space coordinate. That's true, yeah. And so this is the relationship between Zoom calls and Einstein's theory of relativity. That is a, that's pretty wild. And um, in a way, I have a new respect for Zoom now. Uh, I gotta <laughs> for tell breaking you, breaking the sp- space-time continuum. Yes, exactly. It's like who knew Zoom was so damn sci-fi? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's pretty. So, that's very. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Chuck, in all fairness to the history of communication the, that predates Zoom, the telephone was kind of like that. All right. And by the way, do you know what? The word "caller" meant before there was a telephone. Um, it was a visitor to you front to your. I was going to say um, a handsome gentleman, perhaps. You, yes, you have a gentleman <laughs> caller. The gentleman. The oh, door. I do believe you have a gentleman caller. Yes, exactly. That's <laughs> the meaning of that, with the original meaning of that word. Mm-hmm. And then Alexander Bell invents a telephone, and so what word are you going to use when you show up at the front door of the telephone line? It's a caller. It's a caller. And now that's we've been that way for 130 years or whatever. So we, no, 150 years now. So 1876 was the demonstration of the patent for the first telephone, um, and so that put people together in time without having to be together in space. Wow! So this is what this is our, one of the great achievements and advances in modern civilization, uh, and, and Zoom just did it full up with voice and sound and audio quality and saved files and everything. It's, it's really funny because the video call was reported to be the thing that would change everything in society. And I, I remember seeing a video phone in 1964 World's Fair in New York. Wow. It was yeah. like, wow, that's the future. And then you realize you call someone at 6 in the morning, they don't want you looking at them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the people don't always want you looking at them anytime you happen to call them. What is that on your face? Don't look at my face. <laughs> Let's just have a call. Stop looking at my face. <laughs> So now you can pre-schedule Zoom calls, and now you can get all dolled up and Ex- call Purdy. You can zoom Purdy. Yeah, you got it. That's pretty, yeah, uh, that's great, though. I mean, it's it's. Uh, who knew that you could link this back to Einstein? I said you had a a, a tough one, but you did it. You linked it back to Einstein somehow. <laughs> and now you know with asteroids, we're just changing his world line. Yeah, which, by the way, that is the coolest thing ever. The fact mm. that, I mean... You, and the idea is you don't even have to knock it off course. You can just speed it up or slow it down. That's because you always think of deflection as a change in going sideways the, uh, right, in right. the vector, right? right? right. You're going. Well, a vector a different... is direction and speed and speed. Technically, right. a, a vector has both of those components. So if you change its direction or you change its speed, you have changed its. Velocity. The velocity is the combination of those two. Nice. So it's exactly right. That's great. It's like that. I mean, I am less scared of asteroids now. (laughs) No, still be scared. I don't want. That was not the point of this explainer. Oh, okay. (laughs) No, you you are heartened. Oh, oh, by the way, a velocity vector is motion that has direction and 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 speed as part of it, like the asteroid, right? So you can change its direction or change its speed, or both. Either of those are changing the velocity of the asteroid. Okay, so now watch. You can do that. So with a car, there are three ways to change its velocity. Right. You can slow it down, you can speed it up, and you can hit a wall. (laughs) Ideally not. Uh, Okay. You can slow down. (laughs) It reduces its speed. You can accelerate, increase its speed. Or... You can change direction. Okay. All three of those can help you avoid an accident. Right. It's not just how good your brakes are. Do you have a place to steer so that your world line does not fully intersect with the one that would cause the accident? Uh, You know what? As a person who rides a motorcycle, you just explained how you stay alive on a bike. Those are the three things that are your friend, that they teach you all the time. The first is acceleration. Get up and get out of the way. The second is being able to brake properly. But now motorcycles have anti lock brakes, so that used to be a big deal, not so much. But the most important is being able to maneuver. So, yeah. you, you know, to 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 be and able motorcycles to... motorcycles are particularly nimble in that regard. Right. Exactly, right, right, yeah. Right. Super cool! So, Chuck, we got to bring this to a close. This was... Stuff you thought you yeah. knew. And now I do. <laughs> <laughs> and the inventory was rainbows, zero, and Zoom calls and relativity. Yeah. There it is. That's as, that's as motley a crew as you'll find. All right, Chuck, we're going to land this plane, and I'm going to get out, and so are you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson here, your personal astrophysic. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. Before I end, I did say it, didn't I? Chuck, your show premiered for with National Geographic yes, sir. Brain Games. Thank you. The new host. Oh my god. Yes, yes. Please watch well, it, people. I, I'm gonna find <laughs> Don't sound that desperate. Oh Chuck. yeah, that's right. That's not the way. You... You're not supposed to. Uh, not supposed to um, promote a show by going, "Hey man, please watch it." I got kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not the way you're supposed to. I got hungry yeah, kids. Hey, man. <laughs> These kids eat so much. Please watch my show. <laughs> <laughs> no, Brain Games. It's a new season, 20 episodes. Just dropped on National Geographic. You can get it through the Disney portal. That's correct. And uh, check out our very own Chuck Nice. We we take possess we take ownership of you, Chuck. We I feel like you're ours. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's what uh, I don't. I don't. I feel that way too. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Neil. All right. All right. This has been Star Talk. Neil deGrasse Tyson here, as always. Keep looking up.